We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast here for a special interview talking about the Senior Bowl. We'll also talk about some Arizona State players. And joining me to do that is Mr. Cole Topham. You might know him uh, because of his work covering the Arizona State Sun Devils for Devils Digest. You might recognize his name from Chargers Wire, and I'm really excited to have him on today. Cole, thanks for taking the time to join me. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. You know, it's been a recharge week for me uh, following the Senior Bowl. A lot of sleep, you know, a lot of extra hours in the morning that I'm that I'm getting back finally. But I mean, hey, I, I had an exam today. Um, the grind doesn't really stop in this in this profession. So um, but I'm glad I could make some time to be here and, and discuss some of the you know Chargers prospects that might be on the team's radar. Yeah, so if you are, of course, unfamiliar with uh, Cole's work, please give him a follow at Ham Analysis. Uh, if you're watching this, you can see the tag right there. Uh, you know, joining forces with Gavino Borkas, who's been on the show a few times with us at Chargers Wire. So please go follow both of them, uh, show them some love. So, uh, like I mentioned, you are, of course, an ASU guy at heart. So we'll get to uh, some of the Senior Bowl guys focusing in specifically on tight ends, receivers, defensive backs in general. Uh, but I want to give your uh, Arizona State Sun Devils some love because I know that Rashad, Rashad White, excuse me, uh, was a player who really stood out at the Senior Bowl. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about Rashad uh, and then maybe another player or two from Arizona State that could potentially be on the Chargers radar this year? Yeah, I mean, I think the Senior Bowl was a great opportunity for – the rest of the country, specifically the East Coast, who are going to bed before the Pac-12, you know, yeah. after dark showings, have even like a chance to shine because that was where White did a lot of his damage was in those games like against USC, against Washington, where he really took over. And I think that's why White is kind of a name that is slowly coming out of the radar when he really should be on the forefront of this running back class because he had a really strong showing in Mobile. Um, and I think he's going to blow it up at the NFL Combine just with his measurables and his, and his testing. Um, he said he focused on improving his decisiveness as a runner over the week of the Senior Bowl practices, and he, and he did that. 
He was hurdling defenders in the game. He shined in his ability yeah. to create space for himself, break tackles, play through contact. I think he's one of the best receiving backs in this class as well. And that's always been a staple of his game since his very first game against USC in 2019 during kind of the COVID year. And I think all of that is really going to be confirmed and amplified by those solid numbers at the combine. But um, it all started at the senior bowl. I think white had a really, really strong showing there. And at the time that I spoke with him, he said he had met with 16 teams. And I think he probably added at least a few more onto that list after we spoke. Uh, charger on that list ah uh, no so he wouldn't tell us okay. which teams he spoke <laughs> with he was kind of wanting to honor like the business side which i yeah. get um but i assume that the chargers will be looking for uh you know a tag team running back to pair with austin eckler uh, obviously don't want to impact eckler's receiving prowess all that much but to get like a, a slasher type runner um yeah. that can that can really like bulldoze, you know, through the line and, and pick up kind of those, those chunk yardage. I think the chargers would benefit from that. So I could see white in that role and also just having that, that, that duality and, and versatility that he has would, it would really benefit out Los Angeles for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm in favor of the chargers adding a running back to this group. I think Austin Eckler, you know, having the kind of season that he did is awesome. Right. But I think we also, saw him get a little worn down towards the back mm -hmm. end of the season. And he himself, you know, all season long was like, I need a, I need a guy, I need a guy, like somebody step up. So, um, you know, what stands out to me about Rashad white and, you know, potentially some of these other running backs is, you know, I want another like home run hitter. Like I, I think, you know, a lot of people focus in on the chargers adding a big bruiser to get the tough yards, but Eckler can do that. You know, we saw him score 20 touchdowns this year. The majority of them were in the red zone. So I would be interested in Rashad White because of that receiving ability, because of his ability to, you know, take a 10-yard run and turn it into a 50-yard run. So um, I think he is exactly the kind of running back that I would like to add uh, to complement Austin Eckler. I know he's kind of – some people might look at him as redundant, but then you look at the Niners running backs and they're all the same player, right? So – I think adding another player like that would make a lot of sense. Um, before the show, we were also talking about some of the other Arizona State uh, prospects, and you brought up their tight end. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit more uh, about Arizona State's tight end? Yeah, so Curtis Hodges, he's kind of under the radar because uh, he, he this was the, the first season that he really stepped into that role as the receiving tight end. And honestly, the tight end position has kind of been non-existent from the ASU offense over the last few years. And, you know, obviously ASU recently fired their offensive coordinator, but offensive coordinator, Zach Hill, the tight ends were a big part of his success at Boise state. And so he was looking to, you know, make that position a little bit more viable in the offense. And we saw that he had 20 catches, 373 receiving yards and two touchdowns. And that doesn't really look like much on paper, but there were numerous times where Jaden Daniels, you know, he was looking, scrambling on third down and Hodges would be up the seam or somewhere downfield and they would connect for a large gain. So yeah, that connection really facilitated the offense when it was struggling at times. He's a former receiver and he made the switch to the position um, for his senior year. And that's where we really saw Hodges become an impactful contributor you can see like that that receiver background in his in his quickness and that route route precision, and he also improved improved his blocking 
on the line as well. So I think Hodges, he he has a ways to go to master the position. And I think there's a bunch of players that we'll probably get into later in the show that are a bit more refined, but he's 6'8 with soft hands. And that's got to intrigue at least a handful of NFL teams. Yeah, I think, you know, anytime you can add a 6'8 tight end, I think you probably should take a look at that. So uh, kind of continuing the theme, like I mentioned, we'll, we'll hit some some tight ends in this you know, on paper seems like a very, very deep tight end class. You know, I'm interested in seeing how the Chargers kind of attack and improve that position or if they're kind of content with the guys that they uh, the young guys that they could bring back. But uh, just going over this list that of players that were at the senior bowl, I mean, you have Greg Dulcich from UCLA, who, uh, of course, I'm sure some Chargers fans are, are familiar with um, Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. You have Isaiah Likely from Coastal Carolina. Which tight end at Mobile at the Senior Bowl do you think kind of elevated their stock the most? Uh, of course, Trade McBride from Colorado State. almost forgot him. Um, but yeah, which uh, tight end do you think helped their stock the most this week at Senior Bowl? Yeah, so Dulcich was definitely on my radar coming into the event. And I obviously had a great season with DTR and, and UCLA. Um, really comfortable catching the football, kind of like Hodges it was kind of introduced to the position later in his career. And so he's coming along, coming along as a blocker, but he definitely could be an intriguing option um, somewhere in the mid rounds for the chargers. But the standout performer is definitely Trey McBride of, of Colorado state. Um, I think he's definitely the number one tight end in this class. He was a monster at the catch point. He was impressively athletic for his size. He could break tackles, make catches over the defender's frame, um, and he is a really solid blocker. And I think that's where he he does have uh, a significant gap between him and the rest of the class. He also had a touchdown in the senior bowl game. So mm-hmm. um, you can see like the offense is, is looking in his direction. He can be a primary contributor in both facets, not only just the run, but the pass as well. And so I think that's why McBride definitely separated himself. If there wasn't enough separation already coming into senior bowl week as the top option at the tight end position yeah i mean mcbride is kind of your stereotypical tight end right your your prototype that can do it all blocks really well uh it can create yards after the catch so i think that's an interesting one probably feels like the chargers would have to take him in the second round if they want him yeah that's probably his his position i mean honestly i i I don't really see any of these tight ends going in the first round just because it's so deep at the premium positions like uh, offensive line or or edge rusher. Um, Even like the cornerback class is really deep. So just because those positions have so many quality players at the top, I feel like teams are going to invest in that capital early and the tight end is is going to get put on uh, on the back burner a little bit. I mean, I see a scenario where a, a team just falls in love with him so much. He goes round one. But just the rest of the draft and the way it's shaping up, I think a team will probably take him on day two, second round most likely. Yeah, I, I think I can definitely see where you're going there. Um, obviously, last year the Chargers surprised a lot of people when they took Trey McKitty in the third round. Which of these tight ends do you think could be that guy this year that maybe goes earlier than people think, maybe kind of uh, quietly impressed at the Senior Bowl? Um, I think honestly, probably Dulcich because uh, honestly, like these, these PAC 12 guys, I feel like don't get enough love around the country. And like I said, Dulcich is, is a, it, 
not as much of a project as people think, but there are significant steps he does need to take at the next level, and the coaching staff will need to help him out a bit in order to match the position a lot. But you saw it against when when UCLA took down Ohio State. Like that was um, – or no, sorry, LSU, my bad. When UCLA took down LSU, he was a primary role in that offense, and there was some pretty obvious mismatches that they were creating with, with Dulcich on LSU's defensive backs. And so I think just that mismatch potential, that fluidity – those long strides co combined with that massive frame is really attractive from a traits standpoint um, for teams looking at, at Dulcich. And I think a lot of teams are going to buy into that and look at that production and be like, okay, yeah, we can take this guy's potential and really elevate him. Yeah. I think he's definitely intriguing. And, you know, uh, talking about the Pac-12 players, you're preaching to the choir, man, university of Utah guy here. I know Alex is always sick of me talking about Utah on here, but uh, only two invites to the combine, which is kind of crazy to me. But that's uh, nuts because I'm actually from Salt Lake City, Utah. No way. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I grew up there. So I was definitely exposed to all the Utah boys growing up, Devontae Booker. Um, okay. Yeah. And uh, Jalen Johnson in the last few class. Definitely like my Utah boys in, in the class. This is this is a total sidebar. Where did where did you grow up? I mean, which high school did you go to? I went to Roland Hall. Okay. Uh, private school, like ninth to ninth area, if, if you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so uh, you, he's probably too old for you, but I, I went to Cottonwood High School first of all. But I, I played AAU basketball with a kid from Roland High, uh, Roland Halls, named Wesley Austin. Hmm. Yeah, that that name doesn't ring a bell, but I'm okay. sure if I flip through <laughs> the yearbooks, like I could, I could definitely find him. He's he's hard to miss, but uh, you know, apologies for the sidebar to our listeners, but uh, you know, too funny. How funny of a coincidence there. Um, all right, let's move on to the uh, wide receivers. I think everybody is really buzzing about Christian Watson, the mm -hmm. receiver from North Dakota State. Um, you know, there's some media analysts that think that he probably he could have worked his way potentially into round one. Uh, what did you see from Christian Watson throughout this week or last week, rather? I mean, what did I see? I saw <laughs> hulking six four size, spider web like catch radius, fluid hips, freakish speed. I Physics defying attributes, like aside from his frame, you have strong hands, tracking skills, uh, reels the ball through traffic. I mean, he pretty much dominated every aspect that you want in the receiver position. And he, his tag there was just unguardable. I yeah. think that was rightly deserved. Um, he, every single day of practices, he stepped onto the field and created separation and won at the catch point every single day consistently. And I think when a receiver is doing that, and there were some pretty good defensive backs in attendance at the senior bowl this year too. Uh, he was going up against the Thorpe award winner, Kobe Bryant. Um, and then in the game, he faced Auburn's Roger McCreary, uh, Clemson's Mario Goodrich, all the, all these players that earned um, all conference honors this past season. And Watson was able to, to beat them all. So I think Watson definitely except the hype around him is warranted. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I think in especially in this receiver class where it really feels like there's not a whole lot of clarity. I mean, there's injury concerns. So, I mean, I'm not saying that Christian Watson should be the first receiver taken or anything like that. But, you know, if he did go ahead of some of these players with a little more uncertainty about them, I think that could certainly be in the realm of possibilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if teams don't want to use first round capital on a Garrett Wilson 
or a Traylon Burks. Um, like you said, Christian Watson, he may have played himself into the first round. We'll see what happens at the combine if he blows that testing out of the water. But it is a really stacked receiver class at the top. And if yeah. Christian Watson does make it to day two, then that's really good news for a play, for a team that that used their first round pick on an edge rusher or you know a premium offensive lineman on day one. Yeah, absolutely excited to see where he ends up. Uh, outside of Watson, who do you think uh, elevated their stock most this week at the receiver position? It's got to be Memphis uh, wide receiver Calvin Austin because I kind of expected him to tear it up at, at the receiver position, but his week got off to a rough start because he measured in at 5'7", which is two inches shorter than he was listed on <laughs> Memphis' roster, and – I can't tell you a receiver at the moment that is his height at the next level yeah. right now. Um, the good news is those concerns were just quickly evaporated when he stepped out <laughs> of the field because one of Allison's biggest knocks as a prospect that I've seen consistently across scouting reports published on the interwebs is that larger, lengthier um, – more physical defensive backs are going to be able to latch onto him at the line and just control the route from there. And because of his size, he's not going to be able to shake free. He was untouchable at the scene. <laughs> and yeah. just his advanced release package, his quickness, like he really does accelerate like a Tesla off the line. Like that's the best way I can describe it. Uh, if, if defensive backs miss their jammer strike on him, like in press, he was gone. And, and he was stacking you immediately and controlling the route from there and pretty much wide open just because of the way he can separate with, with his next level speed. So uh, he's an electric route runner, um, has, has a dauntless mentality to the game, and he is going to be a slot guy because that's, what his, that's, that's his frame at the next level. That's what it's going to sure. translate to. Um, they're not going to line up a 5'7 receiver on the boundary just – you know, because that's just not the way the NFL the NFL works. I mean, he did line up 80% of his snaps outside on college, and that's, that's not going to be directly translatable. But what is translatable is, you know, that approach to press coverage off the line and his elite movement and quickness skills and just the way he plummets his hips through his break, through his breaks is just amazing. Like, I, I haven't seen anything like it. I haven't seen a player – like Austin since I started scouting the draft in 2017. Um, so I'm a big fan of, of Austin and, and what he can do at the next level. And I think he's really going to surprise a lot of people. Yeah, man, that, that speed, you know, the old saying, right? Speed kills and, and Calvin Austin is, uh, you know, proving that to be true. Um, maybe a, a late day three target. Cause I know the chargers, I mean, they could certainly take a receiver early and, and if they lose Mike Williams, then I think that's probably likely, but, uh, if Mike Williams is back, I kind of think they're in that day three target range. Who do you th who uh, at Mobile kind of stood out in terms of like a day three target for you? I think no matter the direction the Chargers go at the receiver position, um, in terms of like whether they bring Mike Williams back or not, Josh Palmer I felt played the X role pretty well enough in his first season that if they let Mike Williams go, Palmer can slide in that X role. I think really the chargers are desperate for speed separators, somebody that can, that can work the middle and be a yards after catch guy and, and also fulfill that gadget role. And a player that I saw fulfill that role pretty well was Bo Melton 
out of Rutgers. And this is a player I hadn't studied going into, into Mobile. And the first day of the Senior Bowl immediately caught my eye for some of the reasons, same, same reasons Austin did, just because his release package was so advanced. And I talked to him on Wednesday about it. He said he studies Devontae Adams and takes elements of Adams's game into, into his game. And obviously they're not the receiver, the same receiver with Adams being 6'2 and Melton uh, 5'10. But the stuff that Melton was pulling off in practice was just nuts. And it was winning in the similar ways to Austin was in, in terms of like def- defensive backs couldn't lay a hand on him. He ran a pretty technical route tree. He's a, a, exceptional short area quickness and overall smoothness as a route runner incorporating like rocker steps and and hesitation at the top of his stems and he was used in that gadget role for the national offense in team period in 11 on 11 period and so i i see melton as a versatile piece at the next level somebody that can also help out on special teams like kick returns and i think that's what the chargers need is they kind of need to do it all guy um and being able to you know, pair him with the versatility as, of Eckler along with an offense that includes Palmer slash Williams and Keenan Allen. I think that role is sorely lacking on the Chargers and Melton could probably slide right in and and be the perfect fit. Yeah, I think that, I mean, obviously we all hope that Joe Reed would have filled that role, but I, I think they are really missing a, a consistent contributor on special teams that can actually be an impact player on offense too because you know i we all love andre roberts right but you know the one end around a game isn't really doing it for me i need you know yeah at least 10 15 snaps out of that uh potential player so um definitely someone to keep an eye on that's going to make alex uh very happy as the rutgers guy on this show um oh, let's nice. move to <laughs> let's move to the guys that were covering them uh, you know you mentioned kobe bryant mario goodrich uh and and some others who do you think kind of helped themselves the most out uh, in terms of the cornerbacks at the senior bowl? Yeah. So on the national side, definitely Kobe Bryant stood out to me. 2022 Thorpe winner, by far the highest profile player in the, in the national group of defensive backs. And he really did back up that accolade. He blanketed receivers and one-on-one matchups. He had really patient press coverage. He wasn't, you know, trying to overextend himself early. He was just reacting to the receivers movements in real time and and just blanketing him and he would also just rise to the catch point bat away passes um using those rare ball skills that you like to see from that type of of athletic cornerback so i thought he performed consistently over all three days of practice he did get beat at times but every db is gonna gonna get beat at one point or another it's how you respond to that and he did have some hiccups in the senior bowl game but i don't think that's what what nfl scouts and certainly not the chargers should remember from watching Bryant perform. Um, it was just that that fluid movement skills and you know that ability to rebound that is most important in those in those one-on-one reps and and being out in the boundary. And I talked to Bryant too as well. And he said he he can play anywhere. And I think that's the biggest thing that the Chargers need is is cornerbacks that can that can move and be versatile. And they yeah. expect Asante Samuel to play on the outside. And I'm a big fan of that. I think Asante has a you know enough skills and enough um, is sound mentally enough to hang with the top receivers in this draft. And they need someone that is that can mirror a, a Samuel like anywhere on the field as well. So I think Samuel is a nice like prototype for what the Chargers are looking for. And Bryant matches up like almost perfectly in terms of their skill sets. Yeah, very similar size profiles too. And I, I think you are right. It's 
that to me is going to be one of the more interesting storylines of obviously OTAs and, and uh, training camp because at the uh, you know at the kickoff in terms of training camp they kind of were cross training Samuel from in the slot and outside and then really once he earned that starting role he was like exclusively outside corner so. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to see what they do there. Obviously, you know, Staley in the past has kind of moved guys around a little bit between slot and outside. So I think Kobe Bryant would be uh, a really good fit there as well. I want to get your thoughts, too, on two uh, smaller school guys. Obviously, one a little bit smaller than the other. But uh, Tariq Woolen from UTSA and Josh Williams from Fayetteville State. You know, I got to interview uh, Josh before the Senior Bowl, but those two players really kind of put on a show in terms of like the GPS tracking and, and their length and their size profiles. Mm-hmm. what do you see on the field from uh, those two long and speedy corners? Well, I got to be honest. I didn't watch Josh too closely, but okay. in my discussion with Kobe Bryant, he gave him a lot of praise and, and, you know, he was like, I can't even remember his college, but I just remember uh, he really impressed me a lot. And so I'm going to definitely hit the tape on, on Josh and, and yeah. figure out like what he can offer a team at the next level. Um, but in terms of the other guy you mentioned, Tariq Woolen, <laughs> that length was definitely noticeable when he, when he, he stepped on the field. And I think he does have a ways to go in terms of like learning how to be an effective press corner. Um, Cause I think he, he got away with, a, you know, a lot in college in terms of just letting his length do all the work and, and sure. not focusing on, you know, maybe, the athleticism of, of the cornerback position. But I mean, you did see the, the zebra technology trackers and he recorded, you know, the, one of the fastest times from definitely from his position, but throughout the entire three days of practice, I was like 22 miles per hour or something like that. So I think raw is definitely a good word to describe Tariq Woolen as a prospect. Um, a lot of things that need to be developed at the next level. But if you can get that that length and that athleticism to do what you want it to do, then Woolen is, is very intriguing at, at the next level. I see him definitely going on, on day three. I think there's just more polished more polished players at the position that will go before him and, and rightfully rightfully so. Sure, sure. And that you know that speed is, is crazy, very similar to you know, Michael Davis type that could potentially be, you know, that long-term uh, developmental cornerback for sure. Um, anyone else in terms of slot corners or, or of course, you can mention, dive into the, the safeties a little bit, slot defenders, shall we call them? Because I know uh, Gavino said that the Chargers met with Verone McKinley from Oregon uh, a couple of times, I think, Gavino said. So in terms of slot defenders, who kind of stood out for you there? Yeah, Veron McKinley is is an interesting option because he's a little bit smaller on the safety side, and so he can he can really play all over the uh, over the field. I tweeted a clip um, a day ago about him where I was really impressed with his hustle and his effort just to fly from hash to hash. But I think from the from the event that impressed me the most was Damari Mathis of Pitt. He really like flew under the radar in the national team group, but he really left an impression on me there as as a scrappy cover man in those isolation reps. I thought he was really diligent in combating receivers off the line, really disciplined. He didn't bite on any of the ornamental moves a receiver can pull during the release. He kept the receivers close uh, down the stem. And I felt like he consistently put himself in position to contest the ball um, or at least, you know, 
close off the throw window entirely. So Demari Mathis is another name I didn't know heading into the senior bowl that I will definitely have my eye on as the combine approaches and as I do my research before the NFL draft. Yeah, I have to agree there. I kept on seeing this pit helmet like flying around and I was like, who is this guy? So um, definitely a good call there. Um, I want to wrap up the uh, defensive back conversation here with uh, Jalen Petre or Petrie. Do you know how mm-hmm. to say it? Petrie, I think. Petrie. Okay. So he he's the, the safety slash slot corner. Uh, defensive back hybrid is really kind yeah. of becoming its own thing these days. Um, you know, after watching his performance at the senior ball, I had to go back and check out the tape. And, you know, he was one of the guys first on my list in that regard. He's somebody that I'm really interested in. What did you see from uh, Mr. Petrie at the senior bowl? Yeah. And basically the stuff that made him a star at Baylor, he played safety linebacker slot corner. And I say star, cause that was the position he played at Baylor yeah. was, was the star role. Um, and I think the senior bowl staff did a really good job catering to, to a skill set. I thought he did struggle on the first day guarding some of the more physical tight ends like Trey McBride. I know McBride got the best of him on at least a couple one-on-one reps, but I thought he showed significant growth over the rest of the week in coverage. Um, you know, he was, he was better, more disciplined. And obviously as a, as a box defender, you know, you're, you're pretty much in the action every single play. So I thought he he did a good job putting himself in, in good position to help out in the run, but also guard the pass and read the quarterback. And in interviews, he expresses belief that the NFL is transitioning towards positionless defense and that he would yeah. be a good fit at the next level because his variety of talents and versatility could benefit any team. Um, you know, all 32 teams could use a player like that, that, that they can just – that plays the Swiss army knife role. And I think Petrie, there is a, there is a place in the NFL for a player like Petrie who, you know, maybe isn't 100% stellar in one area, but can play a lot of areas, you know, with with good athleticism and and ball skills and can also, you know, lay the boom and, and make, make those punishing tackles. Yeah, absolutely agree there. I was, I, I could not believe honestly, like, the amount of times where they would put him on the line of scrimmage, set the edge, run blitz, pass blitz. Like it was crazy how many roles he filled for them. Uh, and, you know, I completely agree. He's somebody that I, I'm very interested in because he can do so many different things. And I think the Chargers do need a player like that. You know, we've been talking all week long about the Chargers potentially signing a Tyron Matthew for that very reason. So I'm very interested in Jalen Petrie. Yeah. No, I, especially since. I mean, I didn't study Petrie going in and I was like, oh, I don't know how to feel about, you know, his versatility. He's a box defender, but he's not too big. Um, he's a defensive back, but he doesn't have exceptional cover skills. And I do think, you know, an, an NFL you know team, find him the right mentor, find him the right coaching staff. And he's going to be able to fly all around the field for, for a team in, in select situations. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Cole, this has been awesome, man. Uh, why don't you give our listeners uh, a window into what you guys have coming up at Chargers Wire and uh, where they can find your work on social media and, uh, like I said, at Chargers Wire. Yeah, I mean, that's the USA Today Sports Media Group um, affiliate in the Chargers Wire. That's you can that's where you can find all my stuff, um, you know, prospect reports. I got some interviews coming out from, from the Senior Bowl as well. 
um, you know, a lot of a lot of fun stuff planned. Maybe maybe future interviews with some of the Chargers, you know, prospects that we that we talked about today. But you can find me on Twitter at Ham Analysis. I'm a student at Arizona State as well, and I cover the football team. So spring camp is approaching us pretty soon. So I'll have coverage on that as well as all of the ASU prospects that are entering the draft. So at Ham Analysis on Twitter, that's where you can find me. A lot of great stuff coming. Yeah, man. Looking forward to uh, taking in all of that content. And again, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate it. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.